it's a pretty big challenge. It's good to be here this morning, and uh, I do appreciate the opportunity to speak. Pastor sent me a text this morning, but I'm praying for you this morning. Now, filling in for me anyway, and uh, I told him I needed the prayer, that's for sure. And he said they were having a great time up there, so I'm glad to hear that. Uh, he, I know that he needed a little stress reliever and a little time to get away, and so that's that's good. He, that's important at times. I didn't chose not to sit on the stage either time. Um, I sit back there by my lovely wife because she helps keep me calmer and in hand. You know how that goes, Scott? No, you wouldn't understand that, would you? But you know, she. She gave me this, you know, sweet note. It says "kiss," and she actually gave it to me. And of course, it says that stands for "keep it short, stu- uh, sweetie." Uh, and uh, so I appreciate that. And uh, I've got one for Brother Gary today, and he hasn't made it in though. Maybe, maybe he can, you can tell him this. But I heard this last night. Do you know what they call a native Alaskan eye doctor? That would be an optical illusion. <clears throat> so that's, my <clears throat> that's mine for today, anyway. <laughs> I, I have to go see those guys on a regular basis. <clears throat> and, and this year I'm going to have to replace them. I don't, don't have any don't have any choice. I skipped it because of COVID and I skipped it the year before because things happened when my dad passed away and these don't cut it anymore. I can tell that. <clears throat> um, this morning, um, I'll just go ahead and tell you some, of course, know. I picked the music for Wednesday night and this morning and then Lee asked me to go ahead and pick it for tonight since I was familiar with what all we were singing for these past services, so wouldn't be any doubling up. I doubt there's much danger of that because I didn't pick a whole lot of songs that we sing on a regular basis. But uh, anyway, if, if you don't care for the music, don't worry about it. I won't be picking it out anymore for an extended period of time. So uh, uh, I was glad to do it. It, it was kind of fun. But um, tonight's songs, one or two of those have some special meaning to me, so uh, I may have trouble singing those, but that's why I picked those uh, for this evening. This morning I want to uh, speak to you from the book of First John. Um, it's not a new subject by any stretch. Um, nothing in the Bible's new. I thought it was interesting, Brother Lee, this last song we sang talked about, it'd take a of all the scrolls would fill the <laughs> and, and there we go. Uh, but it made me think of something else. Um, you know, the tablets of stone that were in the Ark of the Covenant were not originals either. They were rewritten because the originals got destroyed. So, you know, it's kind of a, well, it's like all of that. It's silly arguments. You either believe what's true or you don't. That's what it boils down to. You can make up all kinds of excuses and explanations and and. <clears throat> 
say this and that, but it just boils down to you either accept the truth of God's word or you don't. And um, it's just pretty simple. I'm, I'm old and a simple person. I just like to keep it real and just, just go on. But we're going to be speaking, we're going, our text will be in 1 John chapter 4, and we'll read verses 7 through 11. We're going to talk about love this morning. And um, I, I guess that's kind of an oxymoron for me, because if you come to my house and my TV's on, most of the time it will be on crime TV station. Uh, because I, I like that. I always wanted to be a Texas Highway Patrolman and uh, never managed to get to that, and probably just as well. I have a good friend who uh, was one for many years, and um, I knew a man that was a Texas Ranger, was a good friend of my dad's, and I always, and this is just for free today, but I always support and encourage law enforcement. Uh, I think we should, and I know that things happen that shouldn't happen, but, you know, next time there's a crime at your house, call one of these other organizations and see if they show up and help you out. Um, I'll, I'll take the, the men and ladies that we have in law enforcement today. Uh, so, again, that was for free, but uh, that's, God didn't choose to do that. God called me to uh, be involved in ministry uh, I wouldn't even stand up and give a book report in school. I do not like public speaking. And I guess that's one of the things God's humor's about. He puts us in places that we're not comfortable. And even after all these years, I'm still not comfortable. Uh, Brother Matt asked me this morning, so along the lines of, you know, what kind of big bucks do you get for speaking twice in one week? And... Uh, I stood there for a minute and I said, well, years ago for speaking five or seven times a week, I got $200. So I guess somewhere 45 to 80 bucks would be about, <laughs> about right if, if you're going to collect the big bucks for speaking. Uh, obviously, uh, none of us are in it for the big bucks. Uh, those, we leave that to the guys on television and uh, on the radio and things like that. I guess on the, on the live streaming nowadays, too, don't they? I'm still not up with all of that. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. It's not any new passage, but we do want to talk about love this morning. And um, I mentioned television. One of my favorite not commercials is you'll love this product if you'll buy this airbrush makeup spray. And, you know, it's 1995 and $1 is given to ASPC or whatever those initials are uh, for. And, and I love that commercial because I do a lot of painting and I, I use a, a spray gun quite a bit. And they're just waving that thing around and I'm thinking their hair would be coated, their eyes would be full of... 
makeup, but they're just smiling. And then Carlene pointed out, you know that one lady there, she's already got blush on her cheeks before she starts spraying all that stuff. And, and I'm sorry, I'm making fun of, of that commercial, but it's just the word love is thrown around so much today, you know. It's, it's misused in every sense of the word. You'll love this product if you buy it and eat it. You'll love this product if you wear it. And, you know, it's just on and on. And you'll love this product if you work yourself to death exercising on this machine. No, I don't think so. Uh, as, as I've often heard, you do all that exercise, it gets you six more months in the nursing home. And that's kind of the way I look at those products. Uh, I don't love those things. And it's not about love. It's about those things are about desire and lust and want. And that's not what God is about. God is love. And so we want to look at some things concerning that this morning, um, hopefully briefly, uh, as was pointed out. And but we do want to see what the Bible has to say about several verses concerning love. Uh, in our text, verse 2, or verse 8, excuse me, the second verse, He that knoweth not God, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. You know, that's, a, that's a huge, huge statement. It's, it's only four words, God is, or for God is love. It's mentioned uh, again in verse 17, or the latter part of verse 16. Uh, God is love. But you know God does love you this morning? It's, sometimes people go, well, well, God can't love me. Yes, He can. He loves all of us. Do any of us deserve being loved? Not a chance. Not a chance. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It, at our very best, we're less than filthy rags, as described in the Old Testament. We're, we, we don't deserve love. But that was not God's point. God loves us. And He loves us just as we are. And if we go to Him, then He loves us so much as to not leave us the way that we were either. He wants to change us and bring about change in our lives. But... He does love us, and I don't understand that. I don't understand it at all. You know, I've never seen God face to face. I've never talked to Him face to face. And He made this decision way before I was ever born. Way before the earth was created to be inhabitable by mankind, God already loved me. Don't have an explanation for that. I'm a person that asks questions. I'm always asking, well, why does that work like that? Why does this need to be that way? I don't have an answer for this. But I can accept this answer because it's in God's Word. And that's what I have to do with a lot of things in the Scripture is accept what the Bible says and not fully understand. Someday I will fully understand and I figure then... Those questions won't matter a bit to me. When I get to be in heaven and I get to be with my Lord, I don't think the questions that I have on this earth will ever come back to me. That's my opinion. And that's, the, that's a sharpism. Uh, I, I don't think it'll matter a bit that I wondered, well, why? 
Who cares? I'll be in a place that none of this will matter. I won't remember these things. I won't have any tears. It'll all be a wonderful place and I'll be perfect. I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, it, it gets harder and harder every year. That's, um, that's what I'm finding out. Um, it's, it's no longer easy. Um, I had to do some self-checking for a month, twice a day. My doctor finally determined that I do have a heart. Um, it, it does work. I don't have to go see a cardiologist. Uh, so I was really thankful for that. Uh, but I have been diagnosed with another problem, and that's called furniture disease. Uh, if you're not familiar with that one, I'll explain that later. It might not be best to explain it uh, here. But I do have furniture disease. So my wife went with me yesterday and helped me pick out some new clothes and, and um, so I could get up here and not be quite as nervous. I didn't have to wear a sweater because these clothes actually fit now. And um, some of you can understand that, and I hope the rest never have to. Um, but anyway, you know, that's, I, 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 I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be perfect, and I can be because of God. It will be when this life is ended and I go to be with the Lord, and it's all because of God's love. Now, the word love here is, there are three words in the Bible, uh, in the Greek language, that speak of love. One of those is the phileo love. One of them is the agape love. And what is the other one? Somebody help me? Anybody? That's okay. I honestly couldn't find it either. I couldn't remember. Um, but the agape love is the one that we're looking at here. This is, this is just the all-encompassing. It's just, it, it's just love in its purest, truest form. It's, it's not like you, and we'll read the verse a little later, so I'm not really jumping ahead, but kind of. Um, it's not like the brotherly love where... You, you love your brother or you, you love your neighbor um, because you're expected to and you want to get along and you want to be nice. But it's the agape love. It's the overwhelming, overcoming, total, complete love that is pretty much unexplainable. But that's what God is. And because of that, he sent his son. Um, and that's a love that goes beyond my my comprehension. I can't imagine offering my son as a human sacrifice. God blessed me with a son. Uh, we thought we might lose him a few years ago to cancer, uh, but the Lord has seen fit to heal him, and he's been declared clear now for a couple of years, and we're so thankful for that. But, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine sacrificing your own child but that's what God the Father did. Not only did he sacrifice him, but he turned his back on him while he carried the load of all of our sin of the whole world. And I had plenty of those to be there as, just as you did, just as all. His love is amazing. He created this place for us and he put mankind here and he gave us everything that we would need. 
And he wanted to fellowship with us. That was God's desire. He wanted to fellowship with mankind. And, of course, we have betrayed him. But that fellowship can be restored. And is restored in us this morning, those of us that know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And can be restored uh, to all of mankind if they understand that they're sinners. If they're willing to repent of their sin and to ask Jesus Christ into their heart, they can be restored as well. It's, it's an amazing thing that God has done. And we've got about seven, almost 7,000 or approximately 7,000 years of mankind here on this earth. And it's been available since the very beginning. It will be available until the very end. God's love. Now, my next passage or next verse that we're going to go to is John chapter 3 and verse 16. Um, sometimes I have trouble quoting things, but we're going to try to do that without turning there. But will y'all do that with me in unison? We used to do those things when I was a kid. We did a lot of things in unison in church. Uh, I don't know if it's the great thing or a bad thing or a good thing, but... Um, I always liked it. So will you quote John 3.16 with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe him will not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you. And see, I stumbled on a couple of those words. Um, but it's a true verse. It's the simplest verse. It's probably the first verse I ever memorized. And it's about one out of ten that I can mostly quote regularly and give you the address for. Because I'm not good at memorization. But I've been learning that one since I was about four years old. That's when I started going to church, when I was about four. And uh, I've been in church basically my entire life. And that one I can remember. Some days, it's a good day, I can quote uh, the 23rd Psalms. Um, but it's all about God's love. For God so loved the world. Why? Because He's God. That's the only explanation or answer I have. It's because He loved us that much. Let's uh, look in our text chapter 1 John 4 and we'll read verses 16 and verses 19. We talked about verse 16 part of it a little bit ago. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Amazing, another amazing statement. That God dwells in me. That God dwells in you if you know him as your personal Savior. And verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Another simple, very common verse, but so true. He first loved us. That's the only way that we could ever come to love him. Now get to the heart of our message, I guess, this morning, is, is there evidence in our lives that we love God? 
That would be the main question this morning uh, that we would present. Is there evidence? And we want to talk about five things uh, very quickly. And, and we, won't, we won't tarry long. But the first one, is there evidence in our life of a love for the Savior? I won't ask you to, but if, would you, could you raise your hand this morning and say you love the Savior? I know most of you could do that. Many of you did, uh, even though I didn't ask you to. And that's wonderful. Uh, we, we say we love the Savior, and I believe that we do. And I know that it's what God wants. He wants us to love our Lord. He should be our Lord and Master. In the book of John, not 1 John, but, or 2nd or 3rd, but the book of John, chapter 21, and we're not, we're not going to use tons of illust- uh, verses to illustrate our points because there are so many. But John 21, verse 15, the Bible says... So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Do, And I'll use the term that I've heard most of my life. Do you some days hear the little small voice in the back of your head saying, Do you love me, Steve? Do, do, you, do you love me? Does, does that come into your mind some days when you're reading your scriptures or when you're out working or whatever the case may be? Does he come to you and say, Do you love me? Yes. I love you, Lord. And then I begin to think of all the reasons why I should love him and how I love him. And it should bring those things to our minds. But that's, that's the first, first question. Do we love our Savior? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ constraineth us, Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And so it is our responsibility to live for our Savior. He has done wonderful things for us. And we should live for him. We should love him. And I know sometimes it's easy to go, well, of course I love my Savior. But we have to remind ourselves of what he's done for us and what he wants us to do in this life. There needs to be evidence, you know, in a case of law. And we're going to get more into that a little later in the message. Um, they bring up facts. They bring up evidence. They present evidence. And this is item A or whatever. Evidence of such and such. There needs to be evidence. Who's the evidence for? 
primarily it's for the world that they see the love of God in us because we love our Savior. Secondly, and some of these verses, and I just had to pick a few, uh, obviously. Uh, do we have a love for Scripture? I, I really enjoy the, oh, here it is, the system that Brother uh, Lee presented this year, the reading the Scripture through, and you get a card for this segment and this segment. Uh, I think that's awesome. And, and it's, I, haven't, I haven't applied for any cards yet. Um, I'm, I will down the road here. But, but I think it's awesome. Do we love the Scripture? And we've got the, the memorized Psalms 119 going, and, and, uh, and I'm working on it every day. I, I try to read those, the verses four or five times a day and meditate on them and, and try to grab them. But um, it, there should be evidence that we do love the Scripture. John chapter 5 And verse 39 says, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So we're to search the Scriptures. Um, If we love the Scriptures, there'll be evidence because we'll be searching them. We'll be reading them. Um, Right now in my daily Bible reading time, I'm reading... Uh, just beginning to get to where David becomes king. Saul has just uh, been killed in battle. And even though I've been through that passage many, many times, I didn't get until last week that at the time that Saul was killed as king, he was about 80 years old. Jonathan and his two brothers were killed the same day in the same battle. Jonathan was 58. David was only 30. But yet they were like this. Many things in there about how that they were so close. They were not peers. I always thought David and Jonathan were peers. That they were basically the same age, you know, same generation. Did the same thing as kids. It didn't happen that way. It was more like a, a father-son type deal with Jonathan. I did not realize that until recently, which makes it in some ways even more impressive. Uh, but uh, that, that was for free. It didn't cost anything extra. Uh, it's just in my studies in the scriptures, I'm always finding stuff I don't know. You know. That's wonderful. We need to keep learning. We need to have an evidence that we have a love for the Scriptures. Now we'll go to Psalms 119. And like I said, I just picked three or four, five. Um, They're all within a page or two of each other, so it's easy to get to those if you care to turn there. Verse 97 of Psalms 119. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 113, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Verse 127, therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. And then verse 167, my soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. 
That's some awesome verses there, and we could talk about each one of those for the entire time, uh, but we won't today. Um, is there evidence that we love the Scripture? Getting these little cards, that's an evidence. Uh, I think they're pretty cool. I used to collect baseball cards, and then I'd take Mother's clothespins and clip them to the front fork of my bicycle and let the thing go click, 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 click. And so probably some of those were fairly expensive cards nowadays, but they went in the trash a long time ago, so it doesn't matter because His Word is worth more than fine gold all the time. And then thirdly, do we have an evidence of love? And we'll use the term for the sanctuary. Uh, We call this the sanctuary. We have the fellowship hall. We have the Sunday school classrooms. We have the offices. We have the sound room. We have the nursery. uh, We have the restrooms. All all that kind of thing. And we call this the sanctuary. Nothing wrong with calling it that. It's still just part of the building. Um, If you look at the Old Testament and I mean, not the Old Testament, but the old church in the early church age with the old times. They didn't have church buildings. They they met in public places. Um, They might use the synagogue at one point. I'm not even sure how they managed to accomplish that. But but they didn't have church buildings and church buildings are great. I'm not against buildings. It's it's nice. When I grew up, we didn't have air conditioning. We didn't have padded pews. We had slatted pews. You didn't want to squirm around too much because then puppies would pinch you and, of course, kept you awake, that's for sure. But uh, it's, it's a whole lot different. We didn't have heating and air. We didn't have light. Well, we did have lights most of the time. Uh, we had a great big space heater at the back. I've never seen another space heater that big in my life. Um, and, and that's how they heated. So you wanted to sit about two-thirds of the way to the back. If you were at the back, it was way too warm. If you were up front, it was cold. Pastor would like that. It would be warm back there and it would be cold up here. So, but <laughs> anyway, it is a little warmer up here than it is out there. Uh, that, that's the way I grew up. And, and so church buildings are nice, but they're not absolutely necessary. And so we've got to be careful when we call this the sanctuary that, that we not put too much emphasis on the building itself this part of the building. This whole complex is the Lord's house. And uh, this is where we primarily hold our services, but we hold services in the fellowship hall on a fairly regular basis throughout the year too. So it's where we as a body, as the body, Victory Baptist Church Body of Christ, where we gather is our place of sanctuary. And But it's important that we that we have a love for it and that we have an evidence for it. If we tell people we love the Lord, then we ought to have evidence or offer evidence of that so that it's true. I, uh, uh, just to throw in a free illustration, I worked with uh, a crew for several years, multiple years, uh, commercial construction. And some of them were Pretty good guys. Some of them were really rough around the edges. But one of them, he carried on and said things that I just couldn't believe. Uh, But then one day we were talking, and they, of course, you know, you show up like a sore thumb if you don't talk like the rest of them and laugh at the jokes they tell and all that kind of stuff. One day we were talking, and he goes, yeah, you know, he goes, I 
I've been a Christian for a long time, and I go to such and such Baptist church in Wichita Falls. That's about as close as I come to passing out in years. I was shocked. And, and I knew the pastor, of the, or know the pastor of that church. And I, I just could not believe. Sometimes I get so surprised in people that say they're Christians, and maybe they are, but they have no evidence to, to back that up at all. And it just blows me away. I, I don't know if, how much they attended, if at all. Uh, maybe they did go. I, I never heard any stories that pointed out that they did or that they were involved, but was definitely a member of the Baptist church in town anyway. And that's not evidence. That's, that's not a good thing. Uh, we should have respect for the Lord's house and, and, for, or for, and for the place we gather. We should... Uh, and we should participate in that. And here I am preaching to the choir, obviously. But verse 25 of Hebrews 10 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. And, and so we, we are to assemble together. And it's not so that, and I, no disrespect intended. It's not so that Mark can count the heads back there and write it down on a piece of paper and tell the preacher, hey, we had 74 today, or we had 96, or we had 52, or whatever. That's not the purpose of it. The purpose is, as this verse points out, as the, uh, but exhorting one another. Brother Lee hit on that very well and very hard this morning. It's easy to get discouraged in today's world. And we need to encourage one another uh, because we're what we have. You know, unfortunately, <clears throat> a lot of times we can't even really be exhorted by our own families, our blood kin. Uh, a lot of times that's kind of discouraging. Uh, but as a body, as the Lord's church, we should get together and and we should encourage one another, exhort one another, strengthen one another. And obviously not as Paul had, <laughs> had to talk about in other places, not bite and chomp and chew on each other. Uh, we, we should encourage one another because this is where the basis for love is. Is right here in our own place. Psalms chapter 95 verses 1 and 2. Um, somebody might be able to quote that. <clears throat> But it's going to be an easy one anyway, uh, because David wrote it, so we, know, we have a good idea of what he said. Psalms 95, 1 and 2. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. I love these verses. Um, they're wonderful. It talks about singing. Um, I think that it would be wonderful if we would, you know, rattle the sheetrock down off the ceiling singing. Uh, and in verse 2, he says, and make a joyful noise. He doesn't say that we all have to be able to carry a tune. He doesn't say that we all have to stay on key because if that happened, we wouldn't have any music at all. Because none of us stay on key on pitch all the time. Uh, it just doesn't happen. But he says, make a joyful noise. So Rejoice in your singing. Just let it go. I mean, we, we don't have Matt up here on the second row to help us out right now. Uh, I can tell the difference. <laughs> of course, I sit over there, not that far from me, but I can hear Matt singing. And 
I love the way he sings. That's the way I was taught. When I was a kid in church, we were taught, sing out. You know, and, and so I still do. And if, if I get too loud, just tell Carlene, she'll tap me on the shoulder and tell me to hold it down a little bit. And, and that's okay. But I, I love music. I love the Lord's music. And so I think we ought to, we ought to just make a joyful noise together, uh, whatever, whatever it may be and wherever, however it may come out. But we do need to have evidence that we have a love for the sanctuary. We need to have evidence that we have a love for the saints. This can be a problem in today's world as far as in our own testimony. We need to show that we love the saints. And I know how lovable I am. Now, me and Brother Lee are kind of, kind of in there together. My, my middle brother made the statement one time, if Steve gets any crankier, I don't think any of us will be able to live with him. Well, Carlene's hung on, and that'll be 46 years in just a few more weeks. So uh, if, she can, if she can tolerate me, surely a, a few can. But, but we're to show evidence of a love for the saints. We really are. That doesn't mean that we'll all be best buds all the time. Um, I enjoy visiting with all of you, but I do tend, like most of us, we tend to kind of drift into our own age group and our own, uh, whether we be male or female, for a lot of times we do that unconsciously. We, we tend to drift into our peer groups if we're not totally careful, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but I love all of you, and I, I like to visit with all of you. All of you have uh, experiences and knowledge that I don't have, and so I like to talk to everybody. Um, I'm kind of a, a friendly person. I'm not as nervous when I'm just talking to you as I am up here. And... And I love, but we need to show evidence that we love one another. We need to care for one another. We need to strengthen and encourage one another. Now, one of the things about being in the older group, and there are a few of us in here, uh, no names mentioned, but we also do have experiences in the stages of life that not everybody does. A lot of us have gone through the. Uh, weakening and the death of our parents and things like that. Um, some of us have um, had serious illnesses or diseases and requiring all kinds of surgeries and reconstructions and rehabilitation and all of that. And so sometimes the older group can have advice and knowledge that is helpful to others that we just assume not to have experienced, but God put it in our lives and that's, that's what he does because we are a body and a good, really good functioning church will have the complete age group span. Uh, when it's really healthy, it's going to have little bitties and it's going to have us blue heads or whatever you want to call us. Uh, <laughs> that's the term I, <laughs> I heard years ago uh, for the the ones that are in adult seven class, and you know there's not an adult eight class. Um, that that term came out years ago. It was called blueheads. And uh, anyway, it it takes all of us, all of us to be a family. 
in the family of God, and this is the church of God, Victory Baptist Church. And so it's important that we show evidence of love for the saints. And I, I like to talk to the young adults, too. I'm sure they get tired of hearing the same stories because I don't realize I've told the same story 17 times. But I like to hear what they're looking at, what they're thinking, what, where they think they're going in life, what God's doing in their lives, because it just blows me away now. I, it wasn't so bad until the last two or three years, but when the missionaries come, you know, Brother Morgan came late recently, and I'm thinking, yeah, Brother Larry Morgan, I, oh, yeah. <clears throat> we started sponsoring him or supporting him when he was on deputation. And now he's one of the senior missionaries. And the young guys, I don't know. I don't know their churches. I don't know them. I'm going, oh man, I'm getting, yeah, that three-letter word. Oh no, I am old. And it's okay. It happens. But we show our love by encouraging and strengthening and helping one another. And that's what God's plan is. And then the last one is, is simple. Everybody knows where I'm going with this last one. Then we're supposed to show evidence of love for the sinners. Oh, but that might be the hardest one. Because that's one of the nice, really nice things about coming in here. Because then we get away from the world. This is our sanctuary. This is our place of comfort and a place of peace and encouragement. Because it's not out there. It's not. We are not well loved anymore. I've uh, had this Bible cover for several years now. And I'll keep it until it wears out. This book is illegal in 52 countries, restricted in 38 nations, and hostile in 14 areas. We're not real well liked in the world. And even in America. I was surprised. Uh, I heard a individual speaking uh, who is a politician was very high up in our government in years past. Um, I'm kind of so-so on what I think about him. Uh, doesn't really matter. I'm not going to share his name. But I was surprised because of his position and who he was talking on the radio the other day about how that in the last 20 years churches have been persecuted so much in America the way that churches have been closed in California and they're not allowing them to reopen and how that they have put zoning restrictions in many cities where you can't build a church except in certain areas and how they have restricted visitation. Uh, you're not allowed to knock on doors in a lot of places. In fact, it's been years and years ago that a lot of apartment complexes, it was illegal for you to go knock on those doors or hang, hang a door, package of door hangers. Uh, but I was really surprised that this political person uh, had so much to say about churches. I'm thankful he did. But a lot of times we don't realize how much has happened against us because we're still kind of protected. I do remember when a pastor was arrested in Fort Worth, he was handcuffed and arrested because he was out doing door-to-door -door visitation. Uh, that happened oh, 10, 15 years ago. It was a rare thing uh, for this part of the United States, but it happened. And so uh, going out and and having a love for or having a love for sinners is relatively easy. Showing evidence of that is a whole other thing.
If we want to prove, and that's what evidence does, it proves that we love sinners, then we've got to get out there in the middle of them and we've got to put forth the, the courage to tell them about the Lord, be willing to be thrown off their porch, be met at the door with a baseball bat, be met at the door with a shotgun, you know, uh, those type of things. It's not easy. But we have to have evidence that we have a love for the sinners. Matthew 22, quickly. 22:39 and the second is this is the second great commandment the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself and then in Romans chapter 13 And we know what Paul's going to tell us. Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. No ill toward his neighbor. Can you get along with all your neighbors? I've had one or two of those neighbors that it was really hard to show love to. They didn't want me to put up a fence between my yard and their property because my driveway runs right along the border of the property. He didn't want me to put up a fence so he could use my driveway to put his stuff in his yard, not mattering that he had three driveways in his property, but he wanted wanted mine. (laughs) But... I was always nice to him. <clears throat> I did call him Napoleon, not to his face, but he was a little bitty guy and he had the Napoleon attitude and so I named him Napoleon. I never can remember his real name, but, but I, I tried to show evidence of love for my neighbor. And then my grandson went over to play with his son and his son was calling him these horrible names that obviously Napoleon taught his son. And so after that, I kept my grandson in my yard away from, you know, but it was all good. Uh, we, I, we have to try to love our neighbor and we have to live with them. And yes, they sold and moved away. And that's all that, you know, is there evidence that we love our neighbor? And of course, the word neighbor doesn't necessarily mean the person that lives next to you. People that live on the other side of us, they're in their late 70s now. We've been good friends ever since we first moved there. We hadn't lived in our our house probably a month. Knock on our door. And they come to the door and said, would you come to our house? And would you be witness, Carlene and I, would you sign papers to give us the power of attorney for my mom who lives with them and we're going, I don't know you from Adam. But they wanted us to be the witnesses to signing their, the, those of important papers. And so we did. You know, we were, we were glad to do that. But 
we've been great friends for 15 years. And uh, it's just, that's not, that's not all the neighbors either. Because it's not just the t- ones that live on each side of you, you know. It's the guy that lives across the street. It's the person that lives down the road. It's the person that you see in the store. Yeah, they're all our neighbors. Um, and we have to have evidence that we love them. You know, it, it's easy in one respect to support missions because then you're showing that you love your neighbors. You're helping someone witness to those people on another part of the world. But obviously we need to be witnessing to people in our part of the world personally as well. So there's, it, there needs to be evidence. Our last verse in closing this morning is back in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. I've, I've read, I've heard it read, I've heard it talked about my entire life. Behold what manner of love. What does the word manner mean? It was an interesting word study. And if you really look at the way that Paul said it, it even go, duh, shouldn't have known that. What was Paul professionally? He was basically a lawyer, wasn't he? Can you think of in a court of law? Behold, what manner? Yeah. It's a legal statement here. What manner of love? The word manner, and it's the Greek word, and I can't pronounce it, so I won't try. Basic definition, interrogation, inquiry. What, when, where, how, why. You check the facts. And you find out what the truth is. Behold what manner of love. We're in in court. Where's the proof? Yes. We have the proof of what how God how God is love. And then we need to present the proof, the testimony, the witness of where our love lies. If there's evidence of our love in our life. And that's what Paul spent almost his entire ministry talking about, is the evidence of Christ in our life. What are we doing to show that there's evidence of that love? Let's stand together with our eyes closed and we're going to have a verse of invitation here or going to have the invitation and Lord, thank you for the privilege to be here this morning. Lord, thank you for this time together for your word. And God, most of all, thank you for your love, for loving me and for dying on the cross, sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin. And Lord, I pray that whatever your will would be done in this invitation this morning, that we would all yield according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, whether it would be for salvation or for dedication or for membership or anything, Lord, that you would have and burden hearts about this morning. Pray that we would yield to the leadership. 
And Lord, we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you very much for being here this morning. Don't forget to pray for the pastor. They'll be coming back Tuesday and uh, said that their vehicle did wonderfully going up there. Um, must run, if I can count the hours right and the miles they drove, it must go pretty good. And I know it was closer to 20, but anyway. <laughs> Just remember to pray for them. I'm looking forward to seeing them back. Uh, Brother Daniel, would you dismiss us in prayer this morning, please?